follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator. My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator. We want to learn more about ourselves. I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm, cu- I'm curious. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break. I have a feeling this is going to be weird. Sex and politics make for some very strange bedfellows. So how has stripping been lately? Um, it's been interesting. I think, um, I think I'm actually for real, for real, really close to being done. Wow. I worked a night shift. I haven't worked a night shift in a really long time. It Mm -hmm. was absolutely awful. Like I made good money, but people were so rude and so mean to me. And it was like really apparent that at least at the club that I'm at, I've out grown it as in I'm older and slower than everybody else and you know it's just how it is and I don't really want to work anywhere else like I just I'm tired of it and I'm so busy I don't know I just think I'm actually done okay I think that I think that it's happened it's happened it's happened yeah and even like during the day I fucking do awesome on opens and mids but I just at the same time I need that daytime to do like work Mm -hmm. I now have so much work that I just, I can't, you know, I'm really curious to, was it, yeah, it was you the other night at John's dinner. You were like, I think you've like six or seven more years. And I was like, oh shit, bitch. I thought I had 10. (laughs) I don't know. I hope I have 10. But you you saying maybe you saying six or seven was like, wow, because 10 is a bigger number. You know. Well, here's the thing. It's uh okay. So how, how old are you? I'm 32. Okay, so I, would... I was night shift material up till 38 or 39. But then you really hit this wall where you're so much where it becomes obvious that you're a lot more well. You're mature two, two and you're, decades older yeah, than the than, other girls. Than the, than the other girls and, and the customers a, yeah. know. And it doesn't matter what kind of shape you're in or you're also your body. It's gonna break. That's at that so, club though. Like for where you are, that's like they like them in the twenty five range right. and very athletic. You know what though? And it's I a party I crowd. I don't want to fucking. I don't want to fucking let people touch me. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But god damn, I just don't. I have to spend a lot of time in prisons and in jails, and I just don't want. It makes me skittish about being near people you know so you're already just, in a heightened state like yes. you're already in a low sense of alarm yeah, all so, the time anyway yeah so I don't want to have to go work someplace where mm-hmm. the lap dancing rules are are different and just you mm-hmm. know yeah that's one of the things with people being in constant anxiety states and then they receive receive something that could be very neutral touch but it doesn't feel neutral it feels like an attack because your body is preparing you for an attack right you know yeah um, I so just, uh, like a, a friend slapping you on the ass would be totally innocuous, but you don't know that until you know it's your friend. So right? it triggers you deeply for a, f- a second and a half and then doesn't go away immediately. You yeah. know, also I had someone like pull some weird attitude on me too. Like one of the other girls, this is cause I was like, okay, after Monday night, I was like, you know what? I am never doing a night shift again. Like 
this is why I already said this, but here, but here I am again doing this and this is awful. I'm never going to do this again. And then I worked in open, um, a couple days later Mm -hmm. and opens are usually fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and first thing, this guy comes, sits at my stage, like within the first hour and asks me for dances. And I'm like, sure. So we go do dances. It's fine. I come back and one of my coworkers is like, how much are you charging? And I was like, why 40 bucks you know or three for a hundred oh i was just wondering because he asked me for a dance before and then he got one from you and i was wondering if you were undercutting me and i was like hold the fuck up here (laughs) i've been here for i'll charge whatever the fuck i want to for a fucking dance if i want to charge five bucks for a dance i will charge five dollars like i mean you'll get fired but yes i understand. No, i actually won't get fired really they don't have a minimum club so let's explain minimums real quick. A lot of clubs will say like you need to charge at least this much because in order for you to not be putting yourself in the negative because of the fees we're going to charge right. you, here's a safety net. Well, so my so, like club, minimum 20, 25, 35, whatever. I mean, I can't imagine anyone charging less than $20. And I think that we had been doing $25 for a while and 40 is a pretty recent within the last six months thing. Yeah, there's a lot of clubs in the last year. No rules up anywhere about minimum and what you're allowed to charge. So I well, cert- legally we can yes legally we can charge whatever we want but, but when we even sign in my cl- the club paperwork there is none of that in my club mm-hmm. paperwork so here's my thing is like the boss can tell me what to charge and the boss can tell me what to do but it's going to be a cold fucking day in hell when one of my colleagues tells me what to do I don't I'm sorry I don't take orders from other strippers unless you got a fucking promotion don't come at me <laughs> I'm so, you know what I mean? And I'm like okay. sitting like fucking A and I'm like looking at this girl and I'm like, and what were you going to do? What were you going to do about it? It's definitely none of her business. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what? You can't imagine that he would want to pay me. Like, what does this actually mean here? You don't right. think I'm worth 40 bucks? You think that I can only get dances because I so there's less an ethical, than half? Like, there's an ethical uh, issue coming up here that I'd like to address because I'd not like, I don't want it to get lost in things. Mm. So what you're talking about, and I fully agree with you, the way that she approached that the way that she approached that, um, what I don't know what her goal was other than to like validate herself. Um, but there are good reasons for girls to institute general like code of conduct agreements in the workplace, such as, for example, what say we might have trouble with in a more conservative touch club like mine, where it's one way touch, where I touch the customer, right. customer has minimal contact. So say if we had girls coming from other clubs that were more contact heavy and they're not, you know, agreeing and fitting in with what the norms are in that establishment, especially set by dancers and workers like myself who've been there for 10 years. Yes, that would piss me off. Because suddenly they're changing the environment to what the rest of us have to Certainly. put up with. Even though that being said, you've got to um, also realize, too, that every now and then some girl, new girl, because this has happened where I work, turn around and go, fuck you. I'll do what I want. Oh, for sure. And I kind of, res- in a weird little way, I kind of respect, I kind of get it. Even though that's that's when you make yourself a target. And someone will go to management and make you go away. I'm, But I guess I don't care anymore. I I respect those who take care of their shit and they're driven, but I think when you fail to respect your peers, you've just made it so that you are no longer in that group of peers. Like right. you're not treating us well, you're not helping us be safe. The issue with the touch in my club for those who still don't understand so I'm like explaining it one step further is that when a new um 
a new arrangement of behaviors is introduced to an environment and everybody else isn't willing to cope with it or ready to adapt. Like I work with girls who say, you know, I only work in this club because I can't work in other places because I have too much trauma and I can't have people touching me. So at least I feel safer here. You know, I can do my job, make some money. So when you have a girl that might start like grinding bare pussy on a customer at the stage for a couple dollars, it's like, well... This isn't really going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah. And it, it upsets everybody when that shit happens. Right. Like, and that's just a way to isolate yourself. Guess, and I guess my thing, too, is, um, I mean, you want to keep it within North for the main reason that it's like you don't have to do that shit. It's like, oh, check it out. You don't you can make a lot of money here and not let you and work less in our in, clubs, in, in our know, clubs. In yeah. Our club. But like around the country, I mean. If any strippers are still listening, like, I'm sure you're scoffing at us because there's so much more contact in many other venues, but it just totally ranges all around the country, all around the world. But that being said, I'm the type of dancer. Don't don't come at me. Like, I'm one of those. And 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 she totally apologized. And I think she was just having a very shitty, very bad day. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to hold a grudge over it. But that's really the moment where I had where I was like, you know what? I don't want to fucking do this anymore. I don't mm. want some 22-year-old. To, you know, I have a fucking bachelor's degree in economics. I graduated magna cum laude. I'm a criminal defense investigator. I just got my second capital case. Um, I do all kinds of things. I rock a club with live techno. Like, I don't have to take shit from a 23-year-old. Who slept all day and has a crappy yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, I don't. You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Don't. Yeah. If you're so. not contributing to the world, like, I care less about you. I'm just going to say. <laughs> it's no. A, honestly, yeah, like, it, we're all dying. Shit is dying. The earth is shutting down. We're running out of resources. The power between the rich and the poor is getting worse. If you are not taking part in anything positive to add to the world and then you're going to nag me for what I charge, absolutely. Yeah, I'd tear them a new asshole, too. I mean, just call it self-righteousness, yeah. but I put in work to make my surroundings a better place. No, me too. I'm 41 years old. It's been really hard for me to, to get here. I, yeah. When I was her age, I didn't think I would live to be this old. Really? Yeah. I mean, I was doing lots of drugs. I didn't really have an easy life, you know, so here I am and I'm doing okay. And I'm certainly don't. Yeah. I'm never, ever, ever, ever taking shit from someone younger than me and with less experience than me. That yeah. is not going to happen ever. Hot ever, damn. Ever. Okay. So Jen's on her way out. <laughs> we'll see about. We'll see about. However, I will always fucking love strippers and consider strippers my people. Yeah. No, you're not going to turn into one of those people who leaves the industry and then is like, this is terrible. Fuck no. It was fucking awesome. And I've been so grateful, especially oh through the funding you know like i'm starting to get paid that helps thank you fucking god the money is starting to come in but so i've been so grateful that i've been able to turn to that mm-hmm. you know waiting for paychecks mm-hmm. thank, being able to strip thank in the interim god for the sex industry that's kept food on my table and in my dog's bowl and gas <laughs> in my car mm-hmm. well so. give your go away speech when you actually retire you're gonna make me cry <laughs> um, I, I think I might make Christmas Day my very last shift. Really? Yeah, that's wow. what I'm thinking. So that's in about three weeks? Yeah. Two and a half weeks? Coming up. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is a quick, you're really done. This isn't a phase out plan. I definitely get the second capital case that I'm in the running for, um, that will leave me no time Mm -hmm. to be able to dance during the day Mm -hmm. so okay well gosh we'll see if we do a second season then (laughs) uh no work has been work has been fine um i danced for a guy who 
had $2,500 in his hand in 20s. Sweet. Uh, oh, he gave, he paid me, I shouldn't say gave, he paid me 200. I earned 200. <laughs> but uh, he was about, yeah, 25. And he had a really nice time. He sat very well. He actually wasn't handsy, which I was surprised about for someone his age. And for the kind of things he was saying, he's like, oh, God, I don't usually like strippers. Oh, <laughs> He's like, this place usually sucks. You're the then only good f- one here. Why are you fucking here then? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, it was okay. I was a- able to turn it pretty easily with like, oh, well, this is where I work. I don't say that. I hope you like where I work. You know, <laughs> like, like, asshole, I fucking exist here. Don't tell me it's shitty. Oh, I actually do like where I work, too. So, like, whatever. You, you- work at... In a pretty cool club. Thank you. With some pretty cool ladies over there. Thank oh, you. Shout out to the LD ladies. Hello. Mm-hmm. And some dudes, some pretty good dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, we, <laughs> we, so he and I spent, uh, let's see, I did eight songs with him and he was very grateful and he was very drunk and he smelled very much like weed <laughs> and he had a bunch of cash and he said he was from California and that he was an investor. And I'm like, oh, you work in dispensaries, obviously, you know obviously so (laughs) at some point into the second portion the second like cluster of four songs he's like he's like i sell drugs for a living cool (laughs) and i was like i know you already told me which then i realized he hadn't but i had just like figured it out myself oh you think drugs that aren't weed yeah there's like other stuff in there too for sure good for him (laughs) like whatever keeping my clientele pool fresh oh jesus (laughs) add to the poverty that's a dark one um no people want to party though so yeah so he sells the party i think we should let them they want to yeah again the world is dying so people need their thrill-seeking adventures um anyway no it's just really funny but the whole like i don't usually like strippers oh so so he looks at my hand at one point and I have the words sapiosexual tattooed on my hands. I have all kinds of crap tattooed on me. Please don't ask me about them. But it's relevant to the story because when I decided that I was going to be heavily tattooed and look a certain way, it was before I was stripping. Um, So I didn't expect to have these conversations throughout (laughs) my life. But here we are. I did this to myself. Um, But he looks in my hand and he sees the left one that says sexual on the top of it. And he's like, oh, my God, I picked the right one. he's like i picked the sexual one yes Uh, (laughs) supposed to all the other non-sexual ones here i know i was like yes yes dear you did pick the right one (laughs) um but even that was funny because it's like i felt like i assumed such a kind of at first like playful like but eventually by the end of it had adopted this like almost motherly relationship with this little drunk boy um, and so that's interesting too. And I'm only 32, but, uh, oh yeah. And then there was a couple. I, I see on the, on our uh, little notes that it's the Annie couple. Oh yeah. Like little orphan Annie. No. <laughs> a couple. I'm like, what the fuck? No. Is there a daddy Warbucks involved? <laughs> no, that's just her name. But I had, I had seen them in a, in a diner, uh, a couple weeks prior and, uh, we uh she said she listens to the show so if she's listening to this now oh well yeah. hello so that was cool and then so when i'm at the stage i was like oh that couple that that's been here before is back and then i'm like wait 
So I asked them, I said, have you guys been here before? And they're like, no, first time. And I'm like, I panicked. I'm like, oh my God, how have I seen their faces then? Where are they from? But it was from the diner. And then they told me that. So I gave them a dance. And that was really nice because it was just a simple, like she never, they'd never been there. I think it was her birthday. He bought her a dance and tipped a little and I gave her a little extra time. And it was just like such a pleasant like more of those, please. You know, it's just an, I felt very lucky with that, but I'm I'm lucky I get to experience those. Well, that sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about the Tumblr crackdown? I certainly did. And the Facebook crackdown. So Tumblr has decided that as of December seventeenth, they are removing all of their adult content. That's so sad because there are some fucking awesome like Tumblr porn sites. That's. Like, primarily what Tumblr was for and there was a lot of people who were able to explore their sexual identities on there right well and then for someone like me who who is a bit of a I don't know a late bloomer and fuddy-duddy like I was able to find all sorts of like cool alt porn on Tumblr that I would have had no way of finding on my own or mm-hmm. I don't know I'm sad mm-hmm. that's a real bummer um I hate this puritanical new world we live in it's getting really it sucks. bad it really is and Facebook I mean fucking Mark Zuckerberg is like the worst piece of shit on planet earth I can't even believe that <laughs> that was fast <laughs> fuck him fuck I fucking hate you Mark Zuckerberg explain <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, well, I mean, for so many fucking reasons. I hate how, um, remember for a while when he was starting to pony him and his fucking wife around, like there he's might run in 2020. No. Try, oh, that was a while back. That was like last year. Okay. But then. Well, that's not going to happen now. Oh, fuck. No, that's not going to happen. It he, seems like they're scrambling over there to try to keep their users happy. Yeah. But you know what? They've also done so much shady shit. Do you remember the fucking like Senate hearings? Yeah. When they were, I last do, night do, watched the bad lip reading version oh of my that. god so explain the senate hearing briefly i mean so like i guess they were um when there was that investigation into why you know facebook didn't didn't like stop all the russian trolls from like creating fake accounts and spamming or whatever during the election and how they were the complicit with I mean, and all the cambridge analytica shit and i just remember like watching him and it was like the people suit was slipping off just a little the bit. Cambridge Analytica was the information yeah, gathering it was the on data, its users. The 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 data science. Mm-hmm. Um, so people thing. that were using. I don't quite understand it, but everybody who was involved, everyone who's using Facebook, was having their information, their demographics, their identity information collected and sold to and various analyzed. advertisers to post targeted ads, the things that you see on your sidebars. Um, I believe the stuff sometimes if it would impact did it impact spam I don't know I think so I think it it, it, it yeah it would impact like what kind of pop-up ad or what kind of ads that you would get so to, they got in trouble um, for that and Mark Zuckerberg was questioned and and it's yeah I'm so angry I'm like my head is I'm just, just we have to consider those who don't know what we're talking about okay so. well you explain it because my steam is coming into the headphones so Facebook got busted for selling users information to advertising agencies um, along with being pretty complicit because there were concerns before the election and it was brought up that Facebook wasn't doing enough or anything to prevent these fake information websites from really impacting millions of Americans Uh, and Zuckerberg brushed it off and he did to his brief credit and it was kind of like well thanks uh, he did admit initially after the election that they should have done more. 
Okay. <laughs> but then did you see how they've hired all kinds of lobbyists to go after everyone? Like they've hired all sorts of like lobbyists and PR firms to go after and smear people who've criticized their handling of this. That's oh, all Facebook? coming out. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Some pretty predatory you're business piece practices. Piece of shit. Like you're going to pretend like you're some sort of fucking progressive, benevolent you know savior what? and you're really shady and horrible. I don't mm. have enough time to do it today, but I'm going to download all my photos off of Facebook because it's not going to last forever. Do you remember when MySpace was like it That's to people? That's a really good idea. I think I'm going to do that too because I, I don't think I fucking want to be on there anymore. <laughs> no, I, I mean, Honestly? other platforms are going to develop. Oh, please like, hurry up. That is the the carnivore nature of of capitalism like remember ello were you on that it was I a heard couple about years one. ago and it didn't unfortunately e-l-l-o-l-o and it didn't end up taking off sadly. was it british no it was an american thing that was created for a while there was like a uh, a rumor a big rumor going around that facebook was about to start charging oh. and people were like fuck that and so some like artists some design people really odious little shits themselves but whatever they made this cool little social networking platform thing that people were trying to jump over to mm -hmm. but not um, enough people jumped yeah, yeah and then it just ended up being a big nothing burger and it right. didn't happen but and that probably I happens quite, quite liked that site and how it was set up um okay that was so you cool. used it for a while i did so before we take a break uh i guess we didn't explain the tumblr ban in all the way i don't know to to recap, Tumblr is saying that they are keeping all of their sexuality related content off to prevent from child pornography because recently it was found that some child pornography existed on Tumblr, which is not a fucking surprise because that's the, that's the Internet. But you know how you find the child pornographers? By finding the child pornography. So if it was properly handled by agencies, you could actually, you know, track IP addresses and shit like that. But they're just banning all of it. So it goes deeper underground. I don't know. I don't even know that I believe they found child porn. I mean, has supposedly they did according to an audit. Um, and that I don't know who did the audit. The government. I don't know who did the audit, but they removed Tumblr from the app store in November. And I said, I even said, I wonder if this has to do with FOSTA. So, of course, it does, um, mm -hmm. because that's how they're going to get sued. This this was the precursor to Backpage being sued, was there were minors, ads relating to minors, the sale of sex of minors, so trafficking, child trafficking. And although the, the owners of Backpage were already being prosecuted and already been charged two days before FOSTA and SESTA passed, they said this will help. No, what you do is you just, again, you wipe it off of the public platform so it goes deeper. People well, are still going to sell child porn. Let me tell you an interesting thing about kitty porn, too, is um, it was a while back some court ruled that even like a drawing or a 3D rendering of a child in a sexual manner is child pornography, even though no child is actually being abused. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure. So how that's I feel why. About that. Interesting. So, so that's why I'm like, how do we know that they didn't just post a Peter Soto drawing or something mm. like that? Because interesting. I didn't even so, think about that. So that's why I always bristle a little bit now when I hear oh child pornography. I'm like, hmm. okay, is it I'm, just like a draw? You know, a gross, nasty drawing that I wouldn't like. But I'm sorry, a drawing of a naked kid is not the same as a photo. Of a real, actual naked kid. The new ban will, the new rules will ban 
quote, images, videos, or GIFs that show real-life human genitals or female presenting nipples. Female presenting nipples? What the fuck does what is that, that mean? If you look fem enough. Oh, then your boobies are just no oh, bueno. Verboten. So anyway, um, I was on Tumblr. I haven't used it for a while because it's just whatever. But I'm pretty sure all my... <laughs> that'll get... <laughs> Bye. Oh, well. Oh, well. Let's take a break. Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flare have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flare is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. Strange Bedfellows is also brought to you by Black Bulb Podcast. If you've ever wondered about the deeper meaning behind some of today's art, why not hear from the artists themselves? Your hosts, Alex and Ben, collect influential artists of the West Coast to discover how they seek inspiration, how they handle mental health, and how to make a living as an artist in today's digital world. All discussed on Black Bulb Podcast. That's black like the color and bulb like a light bulb. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. I think we've got bad bitches in history. We do. Have you ever heard of Hedy Lamar? I have, but I don't know a lot about them. So she was born to Jewish parents in Austria, and she recalls having a good relationship, especially with her father, who would often walk her around the city and explain how things were put together, uh, like the cable cars. She had a creative mind, but she was also a strikingly attractive woman and was 16 when she filmed the first film to ever feature a woman simulating an orgasm on screen. Oh, I didn't know that. Called Ecstasy. It was filmed in three languages. Uh, I believe English, French, and something else. Uh, The film was banned internationally. Um, Catholics in the U.S. hated it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. And she actually wasn't really masturbating. She was, it filmed her face uh, only. (laughs) Uh, She married her first husband in 1934. She was 19 and he was an affluent munitions dealer who rubbed shoulders with Hitler and Mussolini. She was a trophy wife who spent dinners around these dictator dickheads and their friends, and she realized an interest in munitions and technology. She fled the unhappy marriage purportedly by bicycle in the nighttime, (laughs) and it was alleged that he, at one point, the ex-husband, 
Friedrich Mandel was his name, reportedly spent what is about five and a half million dollars in this year's dollars in an attempt to suppress the film she had been featured in by buying every existing print of it around the world. Talk about some fucking jealousy. (laughs) God, Um, what I could do with that money. (laughs) So after arriving in America, she was hired pretty quickly by MGM Grand, which at the time Hollywood was the center of a lot of economy in California. She was contracted to be a new film star and was referred to at one point as the most beautiful girl in the world. But apparently they worked the actors and actresses pretty hard, longer than their contracts had indicated, and she also noticed that all of her roles were pretty limiting in their character. She was once quoted as saying, any girl can be glamorous, all you have to do is stand still and look stupid. (laughs) She was also an inventor, actually, and it was in 1940 when she told her friend, who was a fellow inventor, uh, George Antile, that she did not feel comfortable, quote, sitting there in Hollywood and making lots of money when things were such a state. Oh, honey, if you only were alive now. <laughs> <laughs> she said that she knew a lot about munitions and secret weapons and that she wanted to quit MGM and go to Washington to offer her services to a newly created Inventors Council. The two of them created an invention that today is fundamental to things like Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and other wireless networks. When they brought it to the council and said that this kind of communication technology could be used by the allies in their efforts in the war, the council said no thank you and that it would be too complicated for the military to build. The patent number 2292387 was given in 1942 but it actually wasn't used at all until the Cold War, when it was indeed used. Hetty and her estate, along with George Anthill, never received a single cent, even though they had handed it over to the government in an effort to help. They never really received a thank you. When she offered her direct attempts to help the war effort by offering expertise in technology to the council, she was denied. They suggested that the most beautiful woman in the world could make a bigger difference by being a spokeswoman for people to buy war bonds. Do you remember that? They'd have celebrities Mm. say, buy war bonds. Another good quote from her, American men as a group seem to be interested in only two things, money and breasts. It seems to be a very narrow outlook. (laughs) So she died in the year 2000, January 11th, 2000 at her home in Florida she was honored in 1997 along with George Antile. Um, they were honored by the Electronic Frontier Foundation, the EFF. They're still around. She and George were given a Pioneer Award. And later in 1997, she became the first female to receive the Bulby Nass Spirit of Achievement Award, which is a Lifetime Accomplishment Award for inventors. Her daughter is quoted as saying, She was so ahead of her time with being a feminist. She has never been called that, but she certainly was. So there's a film about her called Bombshell, and it really goes into how the production companies, the movie companies, would pigeonhole women for either the Madonna or the whore role. And uh, also just kind of like scripts to act childlike, helpless. And that she was pretty frustrated with that. I guess she did a lot of small inventions throughout her life, too. So, Hedy Lamar. There you go. Yeah. 
Let's do some listener questions. All right. I'm a stripper who is showing signs of genital herpes. This is the first time I've had anything that looks like an outbreak. It's a couple of minor sores, and I am waiting for my PP results. Planned Parenthood. Plan, Planned Parenthood. I was like, my PP result? Okay. Um, and I am waiting for my Planned Parenthood results to know for sure. How do I tell management or my coworkers, or what should I tell them? Ooh. Okay, so I don't know if you need to tell your coworkers anything. Mm-mm. Like, that's really not their business. Um, the only reason I would con- you might I would consider saying something to management is how because you might need to explain how you need to take time off mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. um yeah i know exactly. that i've had coworkers that have dealt with this and that's and they'd all had to have the talk with the boss yeah really but and, and it went okay yeah our boss with was that very boss cool see i know it. someone who told their boss that they had they tried to have the talk with their boss and they were fired so it depends right. on your boss. Yeah, that is true. So I guess it depends on the boss, but you could say that you're having a health issue and I guess just pick another issue. Like if you're going to have to lie. A lady health issue because some men are so squeamish. Yeah. They're not going to want to know anymore. Right. And also, I don't think you can catch it off a counter. I think it has to be skin to skin contact. Yeah. You need some friction rubbing skin to skin contact and some bodily fluids. Um, And that stuff needs a host to live on. Like that virus doesn't live very long. So it's probably be fine on a stage. Um, So just don't go to work if you're having an outbreak. Yeah. You know, and again, yeah. Say something like, oh, I have uterine problems, you know, which is like close enough, you know. Yeah, that is true. And uh, you know what? Also, take lysine. Lysine vitamin helps me a lot. I get cold sores a lot. Okay. So we had, I mean, I've mentioned it a lot this season. And we've recorded in the autumn, fall, winter. So I just get them more those that time of year. That's like what's in tomatoes, right? Isn't lysine and like tomatoes? Ooh, I don't know. Ooh, it might be. You can just buy a little vitamin supplement too. Um, but I, I started feeling like another little bump, ouchy, like in my little bottom right lip area, which is where it happens a lot. So I took lysine and I put pure tea tree oil on the area because it's an antiseptic and it just dries it out. And that shit went away. Like it never even escalated. And I swear it was, the, I think it was both of those. So you don't want to put tea tree oil on your genitals oh, like God. at all yeah, i'm saying horrible. that worked for my lip on my mouth yeah <laughs> <laughs> probably don't want to do that down there uh or if you do do it very diluted and not anywhere near the mucous membrane like entrance to the vagina if you're going to put tea tree oil make sure it's on like skin that you don't shave or isn't going to be sensitive like a labia that's far enough away i'm not a doctor i'm just saying this is what i would feel comfortable doing well i was about to say and maybe another thing that you can do is i don't know if if you're at planned parenthood like i I feel like i've always had such good experiences with them that you know i've always been very honest and upfront about what my work is and you might explain to them how you might troubleshoot this with the boss like is there any sort of non you know like it any sort of other language that they might suggest using to talk to your boss about this you're uh, making a face at me oh no i'm just saying uh <laughs> just say that you have uterine problems uterine if you problems. if you can't talk to your boss if they're gonna because a lot of people don't understand what right. herpes means and they don't understand that like shingles and chicken pox and cold sores and like genital sores are all in the same family 
So if you say herpes, it's going to freak someone out and they might fire you or they'll just tell everyone and shame you and make it something weird too. Like in a bad case scenario, you know, we get so stuck in our bubble. But it's definitely not your coworkers business. I wouldn't worry about telling them shit. Yeah. And your coworkers probably half of them have some kind of herpes too. There you go. Because most people don't have symptoms. But you don't what you don't want to run the risk of. And I know this, I know this is going to sound really bad. Another reason I know you might think that maybe you need to tell your coworkers to be responsible. But I want you to imagine a coworker that doesn't like you telling your favorite regular mm-hmm. about your Do you know why Candy's sound. not here? She's having an outbreak. Don't you hate that? Seriously. I mean, it's sad, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. possibility. So <laughs> I remember this fucking barfly <laughs> Joe Blow dum dum was like, uh, he said he announced to the bar he's like oh so and so bartender she's not feeling well today she has a sty <laughs> and she was actually there though she was working so she was like why are you telling people this because she tried to like fucking cut. awful i yeah. know and i was Sorry. outside <laughs> on the smoking patio at the club the other night and this guy's like oh yeah you gotta come to tuesday it's tiny tuesday and it's like the best night and i don't know if so and so had their baby yet and I was like, whoa, 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 buddy boy. <laughs> He's telling this couple who's never been to the club before about someone who just had a fucking baby. Oh, my God. I said to him, I was like, don't. He's like, right, L, isn't it the best? And I looked at him and I was like, don't give people's information like, oh, away. Oh, and this is why you have to pay for companionship. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's do, let's do the second listener question. <clears throat> I constantly get ingrown hairs that cause scars and constant red bumps due to an actual hair condition. It's called Peely Multigemini. It sucks very badly and affects my armpit hair to the fine little hairs that grow around and near my belly button. I think since pubic hair is more coarse, it makes the ingrowns worse. I eventually one day want to get it removed permanently because it's so traumatic and can cause scarring. Um... I'm about to enter a polyamorous BDSM relationship and the level of intimacy involved in the things we would like to do scare me only because of the ingrowns and all the issues that go with them. I don't want anyone to think that it's unsafe in any way, if that makes sense. We have all been tested and screened and practiced safety, but I wouldn't want anyone to assume there's an issue with any STIs, STDs. So I think like, oh, these are ingrowns, not an outbreak is what they're worried about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are there or are there any risks to be concerned with shaving or ingrown hair issues? Well, you're more likely to get staph infection, any infection with ingrowns. Um, Personal story here. So I've told how I went to the waxer when I was 18 and she's like, oh, my God, you're the hairiest person I've ever seen for your age. You have like two or three hairs coming out of the same follicle. Oh, my God, I've never seen that before. And I was like, damn, I thought I was hairy. Like my mom has joked to me before. She's like, sorry, honey, you're Spanish. Like you're hairy. You're hairy, bitch. (laughs) And I am. And I am. I have a lot of body hair that I've had to remove quite actively. So when I looked up Peely Multigemini, it's two or more hairs growing out of the same follicle. And I was like, okay, this is why I have spent over a thousand dollars on uh, laser hair removal because shaving and ingrowns were a constant issue for me. Like going to the beach. Hell no. In the daylight. Hell no. I'm going to wear a sarong. Like that shit looks horrible. So I've had, and it's also funny when, when customers are like, oh my God, I love that you don't shave. And I think motherfucker, I have dumped so much maintenance into my bikini area and asshole. You ne- and you don't know it because I have a mound of hair on top. 
you know, like that shit did not happen naturally. <laughs> so I imagine it's probably pretty common too. Yeah. Pretty common thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, you see, you see a porn, you see a lot of porn and people have ingrowns, you know, that's a thing. Like not the high production ones, because again, people can afford to spend money do because they invest in their product. So, I mean, most people can't afford to spend the money, but I could because of the work that I do. I was like, yeah. Uh, this makes sense. But if you're not getting naked that constantly, however, with the poly BDSM, um, that could be something you could just tell your partners like, Hey, I have constant like shaving ingrowns. I know it looks rough. It's not. Yeah. An infection. And please don't make fun of me or say nasty things to me. About yeah. It. I think that would be implied. About it. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Always good to tell people that you're sensitive about something for sure because um, i mean you think it would be implied but you would still be surprised what people will say without an explicit yeah, instruction true. not to that's true uh so yes it's cool that you're aware you're like this is a thing this is what it's called it sucks if you can have some of it removed on the areas that you know experience the most friction that's what i did like inner thighs panting line yeah Do, there you, you know, go do it um also like waxing is more affordable one of our sponsors is you know they specialize in this if you happen to live in the area but a good waxing salon you can have some areas removed you know like if you know you're gonna play if you know you're gonna have like a spanking scene and you want your ass to look flawless like maybe you can get sugaring done some people are kind of skin sensitive too but explore your options because that's definitely what a lot of people have to deal with and you're not alone uh, but yes, you're more likely to get any kind of infection when you have open boo-boos, wounds. So this one, this one has kind of a quick answer to it. Okay. Um, I think it has a quick answer to it. Let's go. Let's do a third question. All right. I am a queer woman in a very straight relationship. I came out to my partner thinking we would split up and he said he doesn't mind. We both want a family, but I'm a little uneasy about starting one in a heteronormative lifestyle that I might not be happy in. However, I'm disabled and heavily reliant on his help, so I am reluctant to leave and try things on my own. I am terrified to do that. My parents and siblings are horribly homophobic, and I live in the Deep South, so being outed is something that brings me a lot of anxiety. Hence the thought of settling down with him in first place despite being gay. Should I just fake it till I make it? I came out to my mom. She says, if I pray hard enough, God won't judge me too harshly and I can repent for my dirty sins. Oh, you know, let's look at the positive to this. So say you have a person in your life who is willing to do that for you. And is supportive. Yeah. That seems like kind of a best option in this hellhole scenario. Like, I am sorry for the deep South and your mother is that way. I come from there. I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being someone who is reliant you know, with help around the house to due to disability, like, holy crap, there's like, if this person's already doing those things for you, that's, I imagine that's very, very valuable. You know, like you said, you're terrified to do it on your own. Um, can you like, I don't understand. I would just say, it sounds like there's still a concern that you know, you won't be happy in this situation. And I would say if you know that the person who wants to have a child with you, if you feel that they would be responsible and kind and hold themselves accountable 
to that child, regardless of your romantic or living situation with them, then I would say, yeah, go for it. And it's not going to be a heteronormative relationship when you're queer, you know, and you if are he's okay with other you, people. Yeah. yeah, if he's okay with you seeing other people, then, you know, it's definitely not the ideal scenario where you feel like you can date freely and openly and have, you know, a gay queer wedding and live with that person on the block and walk down the street holding hands. No, but that's that's where you live, unfortunately. That's where most people live, unfortunately. <laughs> really, even in Portland, you don't see same gender couples holding hands like too far away from downtown you know like the further you get out there's no gay safety like my best friend was riding a bicycle and someone called him a faggot and threw an egg at him jesus and this was at like southeast and 150th this was some years ago but he's just like a cute brown guy with big stretched ears and he wears a lot of jewelry like the funny thing is, is he's not even gay so he's like He's like, I know how terrible that must be because he does get it a lot, though. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's my best advice for that. Hey, friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised or sunburned? If so, it sounds like you need some Nabalm in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Nabalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax, followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabalm.com or search Nabalm on Facebook or Instagram. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. So thank you to everyone for listening. Follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. Follow me on Instagram, stripper writer. Our podcast Instagram is Strange Bedfellows PDX. We post a lot of memes. Yeah. We get meme-y. Um, So I had this epiphany a couple years ago where I was like, oh my God, the reason that people are in so many abusive relationships and why so many women die, especially women in poverty at the hands of their partners, is because they can't afford to leave. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I see that in my work all the time when I wonder when I you see um you have like DB clients who you look and they've got a string of a string of convictions and a string of instances even though usually to be fair I'm usually representing the abuser but I always want you know sometimes I'm like Jesus Christ why is she staying with you well and you and honestly in poverty situations that's one of them and they can't you know they can't afford to be apart because when you're living on one person's social security check like what's she supposed to do Mm -hmm. so there's this article from broadly as rental prices rise women stay in bad relationships to survive a sizable percentage of women report being in unwanted sexual relationship to avoid homelessness i've done this before yeah right have you um, I haven't done it with a relationship, but I've definitely had bad roommate situations that I haven't mm-hmm. left until the last minute 
you know, because it's like, where the fuck are you going to go? Mm-hmm. So, so it was the UK site Ziffit <laughs> uh, polled 2,040 people across the UK and found that 28% of surveyed participants currently in a relationship admitted that financial security was a key factor to keeping them with their current partner. Okay, so that that in itself does not imply abuse, but that is a factor in this article. So, and then they also say that a UK based homeless charity crisis published a report that found 27% of homeless service users claimed they had been, that they had formed an unwanted sexual relationship with someone since being homeless. And that this was a measure significantly more. I mean, you know, also I know people say too, well, why doesn't they just, there's lots of TV shelters go stay Ugh. in one, but there's no beds. Like they are packed to the max. Yeah. It's not like it's you, not a place you also want to be. I mean, some are nicer than, than others, but yeah, it's not ideal. You don't yeah. have privacy. Yeah. It's a hard place to have family. You usually can't take pets mm. with you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's often a waiting list. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess, if I bring this up or as I bring this up, the only point is I always encourage people to have their own money, their financial independence, because one of the best ways you can stay safe is to plan for an emergency and an emergency might mean needing to leave. Um, or just, you know, if your relationship isn't chaotic, I mean, people still break up. I remember, uh, there was this long relationship and, the I it was one that I witnessed and she was had just refused flat out to get a job for several years and he was tired of paying for everything and there was no sex and there was a lot of jealousy and like very classic you know you see these just things toxic. totally yeah. very toxic and so he finally he ended it with her and she said I only have $300 in my checking account what am I supposed to do and I fucking work Fucking work, bitch. She was kind of an awful. I, I more was um, advocating for him coming from a neutral place on this. Uh, but I kind of was like, bitch, you do that to yourself. Like, but there's so many women who are still like, God, I looked at a thread once and this lady said, I bring home my money and I give it to my husband. He manages all the bills. Or what about people that have kids and can't work because childcare is too expensive? Mm. I, mean, I think that happens a lot too. Mm-hmm. You could think you got two or three young kids. You can't afford a babysitter, you know, maybe your husband doesn't make a lot of money and just, mm-hmm. you know, what the fuck are you going to do? How do you save money in that scenario when you're completely, what if you're like disabled? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying know? this is only for people who have the ability to, to save work. money and like aren't thinking about doing it. Um, this is not like a huge amount of people that I'm talking to right now, but I've seen people who are like, oh, I'm just in this relationship and everything's fine now. So I don't really, but then it's like, wait, but what do you have to your, to yourself? So when I was a teenager, one of the most important lessons that my dad ever taught me, and it stuck with me my whole life, and I hope I don't sound like preachy or patronizing, but I sat and watched in my teens as a lot of my close friends' parents got divorced, and all of a sudden, the mom would find herself having to re-enter the workforce for, Mm. for the first time in like 20 years with no job skills, no work history, no savings. And of course, you know, and the husbands would be trying to get out of paying alimony or, you know, there would be these like horrible divorce fights. And here would be this 40 something year old woman working a minimum wage job because, you know, that 
the college diploma she got 20 years ago doesn't matter if you haven't used it. And entry level is always going to be minimum wage if they can. Right. So and, and I watched this and they were all sad and broken and it was really terrifying. And my dad was like, listen, this is an important lesson. Never rely on a man. He was mm-hmm. like, because 20, because this can happen when you rely on someone else. Mm hmm. Um, especially for financial stability, then they own you and they can take that away at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no matter and who you are. it sounds kind of cynical, but I've lived my whole life that way. And that's one of the only things I think that I've done right. Really? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've never, I mean, not, I'm, I'm definitely not better than anybody else. And I don't want to be like, oh, well, I did this thing and you didn't. And I'm, but, you know, mm. I just, it was a lucky lesson that I picked up if it was Early. something you can do. Yeah. You know, so just something to keep in mind. Um, I guess t- I also wanted to bring that up because I think a lot of people find themselves in those relationships where they aren't confronting the elephant in the room. Like, okay, this is an unhealthy, like I need to figure out some, like I need to call a friend or something needs to happen. Something needs to change. I need to start stocking money or planning. Um, I knew someone who started saving up, um, yeah I can say it now they started saving up their dog walking money uh, in order just to have anything just any money that he didn't know about and that was something he would bring up in fights he's like what are you gonna do like you don't have like any college degree you don't have any money what are you even good for what are you worth and she's like like I do have money that is really important if you have if it's not so urgent that you have a little time, make a plan and enlist the people around you. People will help you save money. They'll help you troubleshoot. Maybe. You know. Yeah. Uh, Did you hear about the IUDs causing neurological disorders? I did. Holy uh, shit, Marina. Um, I have one of those. (laughs) You have a Marina? Yes, I do. Okay. So Marina has been sued by 856 women as of December 8th, 2018. There's a great article on Refinery29 by Joyce Chen about this. So side effects had been listed as, uh, I believe, uh, more likely to have migraines or headaches. What they didn't mention is, what is it called? Oh, it's something that like mimics a tumor. It's like a brain tumor, isn't it? Yeah, pseudotumor cerebri or idiopathic intracranial hypertension is a fancy way to say increased pressure on the brain. Ugh. So headaches, vision, tinnitus, 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 nausea, um, unknown. Fa- da, 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 da. At present, the cause of the disorder is unknown. Factors like obesity, some med- medications, and various health problems are among the risk factors. So Morena has the most complaints to the FDA. It says in this article that of the 95,008 reports about the drug filed to the FDA's Adverse Events Reporting System, or FEARS, F-A-E-R-S, FEARS, <laughs> <laughs> 697 of these pertain to intracranial hypertension. Um, They don't know why or what. So if you have a marina and you've experienced any of these symptoms, contact the FDA and get a lawyer. Well, shit, man. That sucks because I have a marina and I love mine. That's good to hear that people can benefit from it. I mean, it stopped my periods. Hallelujah. Because I had like really rough horrible periods that were you know like debilitating pms and it stopped that i like not being able to get prego (laughs) um the first three months after i got it put in i was like an emotional like the initial um 
I've heard that's very common. The, the first three initial months. dose, I was like a weeping psycho crazy person, but then that went away and mm. it was fine. Mm-hmm. That's very common. They say the first three months, they're like, just wait it out. It's true, even though it seems like fucking forever <laughs> while yeah. it's happening to you. There's also um, a lot of feedback that I've gotten from women who say that they felt very pressured to use this method of contraception um, despite having brought up like symptoms like this. And hmm. so it'll be interesting to see. You know what? I, I already know what's going to happen. Like they're just going to pull it. They're going to pull the drug and they'll replace it with something else. Like so many other things the FDA has pulled over lawsuits because they have a lot of money. Right. But you know, the thing is though that I'm or worried. The pharmaceutical companies have a lot of money. I mean, they'll maybe they'll replace it at something else. I mean, I just worry that it won't get replaced and this will be one less option Mm. for women you know like maybe i'm paranoid i mean like there will be another hormonal type of right intrauterine birth control i mean people use the copper one it's not for everybody but i'm saying like morena is made by bayer bayer Mm. has a lot of money they're probably trying to fix this immediately like right now or something else is going to come on the market to replace it and if you're not having any problems you know, yeah, it's not I'm, like they're going to recall it. What are they going to be like? You need to come in and have this taken out right now. I don't know. I don't think I don't know if that's I ever hope been not, done. because I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to get that replaced with. And yeah, this I also is imagine. supposed to last me for the next five to seven years. And like my health insurance is about to go away. Well, so don't let like, me scare you. <laughs> Let's see what happens with this. Something there will be other things on the market and they can't they can't force you to take it out. So the, oh, they'll have to pull it out. Oh, wait, <laughs> that sounds that's, disgusting. Like pretty, pretty fucking painful. We're not in that kind of <laughs> I'm on, I'm um, fascist on, like state yet. Where yet. Uh, so that's fucking scary. So thanks everybody. Jen, keep Thank us you. updated on your cases as we wrap up this season. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Everybody go visit us on Patreon, write to us pillow talk at strange bedfellows, and thank you for rating and reviewing us on the platform on which you listen because that helps us gain more listeners. Until next time. For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger, and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter. And my name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com. 